Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. We are going through the epistle of First John chapter. We are now in chapter four. And in the earlier chapters, Apostle John has been giving us exhortation on how to live in the light. In chapter four, he went further. He said, "Beloved, chapter verse one, believe not every spirit." But try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, in his own generation, he was saying this, and up to now, the demons are still coming up all over the world and sending back. We go, they go back and forth. Sometimes we cast them back to the pit of hell, and then sometimes they come back again. So he said, many spirits are many. He said, well, he said, beloved, believe not every spirit. Now, especially we that are following religion that are trying to be spiritual. Many people claim that they, they, God told them and uh, the spirits of well, how do you know God told them? It has happened in this our last generation where people were prophesying this and that and they were becoming liars. Actually in the days of this uh, election of American presidency, some so many believers who come to be evangelical or prophets and prophets and prophesied and say God some came forward and said God told them it was Mr. Trump that's going to be this in this election. And Apostle John, if they have listened to Apostle John, they would have known that. He said, believe not every spirit. He said, not that they didn't hear something. Many of them heard something, but what they heard was it God telling them or some other false spirit that want to tell lies. So that is the point. He said, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And he has given us how to discern them. If you go to the scriptures, Say that you have to know God does not deal, you know, does not play games with that type of thing. Some people give forward if you don't pre, if you if God told you that this man is going to win, then you don't have to put threat upon people and say, if you don't vote for this person, you are voting against God. Well, God can do anything if God wants to say yeah, this is going to be if God is prophesying through you, it's actually God that's going to do make it happen. So every threat that people put in that if you don't vote for this person, you are not on God's side. That that is not that is not that means the prophecy you are saying is not really from God. It is just your mind, and that's a many things that happen. Many people prophesy their man and put the name of God on it, and that's also it's a spirit, a false spirit of course, that's making you to say that God said it when it's not God. It is your mind. This is what you desire. This is what you wish, and and Apostle Paul, Apostle John was getting to, telling us in this time in the own generation that many false prophets are gone out into the world. So they are false, whether they are saying it from their own. God was telling through the book of Jeremiah. He said that many of them are prophesying their heart's desire. God didn't tell them. God, that's what they desire, and they put us said a lot to it. I'm saying it's a prophecy. When you are desiring something, just say you are praying that this is what you want to happen. That's your prayer. When you don't put God to it, then you are not a false prophet. But when you put, when you say God told you, you are saying God say, you are saying thus said the Lord. That you become a false prophet if it is just your desire. Because if it is thus said the Lord, it will come to pass. But if it is just your desire, you are just desiring something. Don't just say this is my prayer. I am praying that this man be well. It's just like people pray for somebody to be well. Okay, and the man is at the point of death. We can go there and pray for him. But if you stand up and when they are praying and you say, Thus said the Lord, this man is going to leave. Don't put us said the Lord. You still pray and just pray and say, We are praying that it's good. We are believing God. That's just prayer. But when you say it is thus said the Lord, you are saying God prophesied. And if the man then dies, 
people will be wondering, didn't this man say, so say the Lord? So that put the word, the, the, the name of God to, to drag the name of God to, on the ground. Don't ever do that. Let him that dreams say you have a dream. Let him that's praying just say I'm praying. Let him that just believing God, believing God, confessing the word of God. We are confessing it. Don't say it has tossed here the Lord. Because every prophecy, every promise in the scriptures that says this will be to the righteous does not mean you will take it, you will get it. Does not mean everybody will take it. But it's a general promise. We can confess that promise of God that is in the scriptures. But don't say God is telling this promise. To this fellow right now, this man will live. When the man finally died two days later, people will wonder, is it is that what does that mean? You know, God professor liar, you are prophesying lies. You see, that is why we say when you are claiming the word of God, just say I'm claiming the promise of God. Don't put tossed lot to it. It's already tossed in the scripture, but we are just claiming it. That is different from if the Holy Ghost now rouse up and prophesy to you. That is a prophecy that is must happen. It must happen, not just claiming the promise of God. They say when the Holy Ghost is prophesying, it's different from when we are just claiming the promise of God. That's what I'm trying to make you to see. We can claim the promise of God that are in the scriptures. Every one of us can claim it boldly. But we are say, say we are still just claiming the promise of God. We are believing God for this promise. But don't say that is a prophecy to say the Lord. To somebody that is about to die. If you put the people in the in their hope, in their hope of the life, they will be, we are just saying we are prom- we are claiming the promise of God. That's what we are going to be claiming. We have to confess that we are just claiming the promise of God. That is very important for us so that we don't become liars. Verse 2 says, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God. Now, Apostle John, in his own epistle, chapter 4 here, is bringing it in the point that how do we know these false spirits? And this Bible verse 2 has been used to, de- to, to detect the spirit that is even sometimes prophesying through some mouth. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God. Verse and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already he sits in the world. I mean, he said that's how you can use that to test. But it's not just any man, because every man can confess that with their own intelligence and say, yeah, Jesus can come in the flesh. But he's talking about the spirit that is speaking through that man in form of prophecy. If you can make that spirit to talk, you see how you cannot make that spirit to talk. When the spirit is, is, is manifesting, you command the spirit to say that, to confess that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. That spirit will not, if it's a false spirit, will not confess it. Because they are working for Satan. They don't want to confess it that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because they are, that spirit is working for Satan. But if that spirit is not the talking, the fellow, whether a man or woman that, the, that is saying is a prophet, can always say from his own intelligence or our own intelligence. So that's why you have to be able to know how do we use this Bible verse. So ministers are able to use Bible verse when that spirit is manifesting through the so-called prophet or prophetess. Then you tell the spirit to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if that spirit cannot say it or refuse to say it, then you know that it's the wrong spirit. That's one way they have tested, use this Bible verse. He said, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is sitting in the world. Verse 4 Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, we have overcome all those spirits. Greater is Jesus Christ in us than the devil that is in the world. You have to have that confidence in the word of God like that. Verse 6. 
verse 5. Say, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world and the world hearing them. These are these people he's talking about, these false prophets. Say, they will be prophesying things that will please the world. Look at the type of thing that happened in the election, where some people are prophesying that this man is going to win. This man is good to decide that this man will win because he's on our side. Yes. But when you say it is Thursday, Lord, you are saying God is the one that prophesied it. And then if that man did not win, look like God is not the one that prophesied it because God cannot lie. Which means it is you that either decides or you are hearing from a wrong spirit that just wanted to deceive the believers. You see. So that is what we are trying to say. Watch the spirit. That's what Apostle Paul said. Just test the spirit to see whether they are of God. Don't just join around because you want them to, to everyone to recognize that you are a prophet. And that is really the problem of many of the believers in this generation. They wanted to be recognized. Is the desire for vain glory, as Apostle Paul called it. Desire for vain glory. Everybody wants to be recognized that they prophesy about that person. They prophesy about that king. They prophesy about that thing. Some of them, after it has happened, they say, Well, I prophesied so many years before the man, whether he did or not. You see, that's, that's the basic question is. People wanted to be recognized if we deserve a vain glory that make them to turn into that before they... Many of us have fallen to that offense before. When after we learn from the scriptures, we try not to be desiring vain glory. Don't desire vain glory. Because let all the glory be to the Lord Jesus Christ. If he has not said anything, don't open your mouth and say he said. No, he has not said anything to you. If you desire that this happen, just say, I, my prayer is that this thing should be so. Because God has the liberty to answer that prayer or not to answer the prayer. But today you are not false just because you desire something that you didn't get. But you become false when you say it is God that decided, the God that commanded it, and God didn't, and then God couldn't make it happen. When God can make it happen, if God is the one that prophesied it, see, and many times God is prophesying what He already know will take place, for knowledge of God. So if you are now saying God prophesied and it never take place, that means you are saying God didn't, God didn't know. You are telling, you are saying God is the one that lied. God doesn't lie. So it is you that is either hearing from the wrong spirit, and there are wrong spirits on the other side. That's what we are trying to point out. Just like the spirit, the spirit of God, there are also spirits that are working for Satan, and they will manifest to deceive mankind, to deceive mankind. You know those familiar spirits, they call them familiar spirits, that will give you the name of somebody and his address and what he is yesterday. But what's the purpose of all that? Familiar spirit, just to make names for you or make names for themselves. But they are liars. They call it the spirit of divination. That's the type of thing that was followed. That was uh, in, the, in the little girl that was following apostles, Paul, when they were preaching about, and then apostles have to cast that spirit out because we say that spirit is telling the what is fact, not truth, fact. He said these men are the servants of the Most High God that is showing us the way of salvation. Well, that was fact, but who must see? Who must she calling our attention to to the apostles? No. Attention to ourselves because that will make people to be to continue to be our client, you know, customers. She's making customers for herself because that's what she does as business. Because they say, well, she could see them, and these people are truly preaching the gospel. When she if she saw that she must have a spirit that is telling the truth. No, it's to call her attention not to the apostles but to herself so that she make more customers. Until the devil was casted out of that little girl in the books of Acts of the Apostles, three chapter. 16 day, of course, he landed Apostle Paul and Silas in jail because they casted that demon out. Yes, they casted the demon out, but you see, the, the law was with them. That was actually about chapter 16. Now, let's continue with this first John chapter 4. 
where Apostle Paul was saying we should watch all those spirits and test them to see whether they are of God. Verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have to believe that, that Christ in me is greater than all those spirits in the world. Verse 5 says, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. So we are preaching the gospel just told men to righteousness to come to Christ, not to draw attention to ourselves. That's why he say, anyone that is hearing us is because you are of God. But if you want to hear what the what the world is saying, you have to listen to the other guys. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the truth the spirit of error. How do you know the spirit of truth? They that are hearing the gospel that we are preaching. Those who are of error, they want to listen to something else. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Verse 7. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, he's going to be talking about love in this chapter because the theme of Apostle John's epistle is love. Because God himself is love, and this love is what's going to rapture us in the end. But it says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. But now says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. God has sent Christ to the world so that we might live through Christ. That's love. That's how God shows his love, by giving. Love gives, love gives, love gives, give of yourself. So God forgive us and give his son to, so that we may live by him. That's God's love. First, hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So it's more emphasizing this love that Christ has given to us as his commandment, loving one another. The body of Christ and loving humanity, loving all the people also. Love them does something if you do what they are doing, if they are doing something evil, we correct them in love. Not in anger, not in hatred. The people say they they are so angry about abortion, they went and killed the abortion doctor. That is not love. That is not what God commanded. You love them, we preach to them, tell them the truth. They may not accept it, but we still love them anyway. We are not going to take our gun and go shoot them because they they are committed abortion. God is love. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. If we love one another, I say God is dwelling in us. That's how we, that's the test. Verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit now this is the second time he said verse that we, in the earlier chapter he said the same thing that this is how we know we are in god when we are keeping his commandments this is how we know that he is in us he gave us of his holy spirit that is indwelling us so how do you know we have the holy spirit because the holy spirit is in my life in my heart and he gave us the speaking in tongues as an evidence he said that these signs shall follow them by believing me. In my name they shall cast out the they shall speak with new tongues. That is the gift for every believer. If you are not uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to pray as you just got to fill with the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer, you must be born again. Then if filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in you is 
make your spirit be able to speak in another language for prayer. That another language for praying to God, and that is evidence in you that is in you. That's what Apostle John is saying here. Say, yeah, this is how we know that he is in us by the spirit of God he has given to us. Verse 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. You see, we are, that's what we are testifying. The Father God has sent the Son Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. Verse 15 says, Whosoever com- shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. If you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you say, God dwells in you, and you in God. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Let me read verse 15 and 16 again. He says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Verse 16 is important. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love do it in God and God in Him. God is love. Here is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casted out fear. Now it's emphasizing love. Because fear has to mean, He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now we love Him because He first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, say he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. That's how we know we love God, by keeping his commandments and loving one another. He that, again let me read that verse again. If a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he say he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? This commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. And I'm going to emphasize some Bible verses in this chapter 4 that Apostle John was also emphasizing for us in verse 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. The love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. If we love one another, if we are showing love, we say we, we are born of God and we know God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. God is love. And he went for that saying, this was manifested in the love of God toward us. Because our God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. So God was showing his love to mankind by sending his Lord Jesus Christ to die for mankind. That's how he showed his love toward us. Hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You see, all these things that's going on in the world, violence in the world, uh, extremists killing people because they don't believe their religion, that cannot be from God. Because if you love one another, you just tell them the truth and leave them alone. Let them choose for themselves. God allowed mankind to choose for themselves. That's why he didn't make us robots. 
when he created Adam, he could have made Adam a robot that he cannot sin against him. He let him have his free will. And Adam and Eve went after and sinned and did what Satan suggested to them through the serpent. But that's what brought all human beings to this dilemma, yes. But nonetheless, God is still presenting the same thing to every human being. You have your free will. He said, preach the gospel to every person. We are preaching the gospel to both those who are believers and those who are not believers. It is your free will to choose for God. He said, choose life. Apostle Moses was telling them in, when he was about to say that, I present before you this day life and death. Good and evil. We are to choose life so that I may be well with you. That's what he told them. If they choose to follow the fear of God and follow the Lord of God, say they have life. If they choose to be doing the other things, say they will go and get themselves in the point the trouble. See, when God put, when God told Adam that don't partake of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, it is for Adam's sake. If you do these things, this is the repercussion. That's what he just told Adam. The same way the law God has given to us, if you do these offenses, it's not God that is whacking you with, with a stick. The offenses will cause this. It's what God is just telling mankind. If you do this behavior, this is what will end up. Think of somebody that you are telling them not to commit fornication. And they think, oh, they just have to have that sex. They just have to have this. They just have to have that when they are not married. What could be the repercussion of that? You think they are just enjoying themselves. No, you are not enjoying yourself. The repercussion of it is diseases that will come upon you. So God is giving you warning for your own sake, not for God's sake. The repercussion of it for fornication is diseases. All those venereal diseases can be your portion if you continue indulging indulge in that. Not to talk about the repercussion you have for unwanted pregnancy. Then you are trying to cover that one or you don't know what to do about it. Or you begin to turn into murder. See? Kill the unwanted pregnant, kill the baby. Then you become a murderer, you see. God is just telling what happened to murderer, you're going to hell, lake of fire, unless you repent. You see? So God is telling you, don't do this thing because the repercussion is death. Don't do this thing, the repercussion is diseases and death. What does disease cause? It's going to lead to death. Don't do this thing because you are going to be wasting your money. And very soon, the money you, have, you should be eating, you used to feed yourself, you are using to pay the doctors just to kill this venereal disease that you caught. So all of those evil things that God said, don't do it for our own good. It's for, because God loves us. That's why he gave all those things. So if you take key to it, they say you are choosing life. But if you refuse, you are choosing death. See, And the devil is the one that is propagating that thing to make people be killed. Because the devil is a murderer in the beginning. So that's why he came. He knew the devil knew that if that if they have if if, if human beings do those things that God said they should do, they are going to be destroyed. And the devil wanted to destroy them anyway. Why? Why did they want to destroy Adam and Eve? Because the devil is controlling this planet until Adam was brought here to take over. Adam was put over here to control this planet, it's more like to rule over Satan. And Satan wanted to find a way to to dislodge that uh, relationship between Adam and God, and to destroy Adam. And the only way to do it is to make them sin against God. So what God is telling you and me, the law is giving to us is for our own good. We choose to obey Him, to follow Him. 
he will give us life and peace. If we refuse and follow the enemy's suggestion, it will end up in death. Lake of fire is what the devil is going, where he's going and taking all of those people with him. So the law of God, the commandment of God, all these things that God is giving to us, it is for our own good. So that's why he said God loves us, God so much loves us that he came to save us from all these evil things, from ourselves. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So God is love. He said, this is the way he showed his love to all us. Hearing his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he has come to save us, to show us the way so that we can escape the wrath of God. All the love he gives to mankind is for our own good. That's what I'm pointing out. And went further in verse 13 of First John chapter 4 and said, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And verse 15 says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So God is love. When we dwell in love, we are dwelling in God, and God in us. Verse 7 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world, because God created us to be a replica of him, an image of him on earth. And you see, he put so much intelligence in we human beings as he created, so that we human beings are now able to do so many creativities. Look at technology where he has brought us. But God has to slow man down. He slowed them down. In the days of Noah, when they were trying to build a tower after Noah, they were trying to, human beings are trying to build a tower to heaven. God knew that if he didn't slow them down, they would have destroyed one another in few, in few years, in only within 1,000 years. But God planned for 6,000 years for mankind that has fallen before he brought a, a, a day of rest where God is going to now take over. But if he has not slowed man down in their intelligence and their guardian to get united to do something that they were trying to do in the days of um, in the days after Noah, they would have destroyed mankind with nuclear bomb thousands of years ago. But God slowed them down so that they couldn't understand one another. And so because when their collective effort trying to do something together, said they will be able to accomplish it because they are all thinking together. Because God distributed wisdom into many people. But if you bring those many people together, they will have enough wisdom to do what they wanted to do. So God said, let's just scatter them for now. So he scattered them so that it took all towards almost 6,000 years before we finally got to the point where we can even fly on airplanes. And now we are getting to the point where we can telephone from here to China, everywhere, all interconnected. Because languages are uniting us in a way. And people are communicating one way or the other. But in the end, God is going to make all things right where it be a new world, a new kingdom and after he has got this thing. But the Lord God slow mankind down so that they don't destroy one another for our own sake. And after the end of 6,000 years now he's allowing us to care to the point where he says, knowledge shall be increased which is what we have right now. But we are praying that the Lord will give you wisdom. He said, God is love. And we that do that in love, we dwell in God in us. And He's perfecting that love in us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the Lord will give you the understanding to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and sin not. God bless you.
And I'm going to pray for any of you that are having some troubles you are going through. Jesus Christ said, if we ask anything in His name, He will do it. So I'm going to pray for you. If you have sickness in your body right now, lay your hand upon the part of your body that is hurting or that is having any sickness. And as I command right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your body will be well. Father, I pray for all the people that are listening to me right now in the radio land. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I command the spirits of sickness and disease to come out of them and enter them no more in the name of Jesus Christ. I say so, all you spirits of sickness and disease that are causing pains or affliction or sickness of what kind, come out of this world and listen to me. And enter them no more in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is it, friends. You are healed. Believe it. Say it with your mouth. Say, I am healed. Say, I receive my healing right now. Say it again. I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. And begin to thank the Lord. Just lift up your hand and thank the Lord right now. Say, Father, I thank you for healing me. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say, thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. By His right, we were healed. By the stress of Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, you were healed. Amen. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Join us again next week. God bless you.